From Relay FM, this is Virtual Episode 20. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Squarespace. Start here, go anywhere. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Federico Vatici. Hello, Federico. Hello, Mike, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, sir, and Happy New Year to everybody listening. Uh, it's nice to talk to you, my friend. I, I, I feel like I haven't spoken to you in a very long time. Well, it's uh, it's been like uh, 10 days, I think. Oh, that's way too, too much. long. I'm just going to start calling you now, just randomly in the week, and you should have okay. to deal with that, if that's okay with you. Yeah, you can use a FaceTime audio, uh, because my, my phone, even when I'm out, um, my phone is always with me. Uh, I think you called me once, actually. I uh, did. You know, uh, I think I was at the beach, and you called me, <laughs> you called me because, um, because Overcast, uh, the iPhone app, was, uh, was out on the App Store. And you wanted to make sure that I didn't miss the news. That is true. Really I nice. did do that, didn't I? I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, and because I had such poor 3G coverage, I basically didn't didn't hear anything. Just you saying overcast, I think. <laughs> yeah, because I think it came out a little bit early, didn't it? Yeah, because it was like um, I just had lunch at the beach and you called me and I had like one bar of uh, signal. And I just heard you say overcast iTunes and then that, like the signal cut off. Uh, but that was really nice. It, like, was, it was the code. I need yeah. to make sure that you get the scoops, Federico. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You're like my remote assistant. I'm like a roving reporter or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the, that has to be the, the first title of uh, 2015. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it in there because I, I know people like to hear it. It's like the new catchphrase to which nobody mm-hmm. wants. Um, but how was, how was your Christmas as well? We haven't spoken since then. Uh, there was too much food, um, but it was great. It was great, actually. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed my, my time off. I uh, caught up on some reading, some, some, I played some video games. I saw some friends. So, so do you yeah. actually take, take the holiday season off? You actually don't work for a few days? Because I struggled I actually with do. this. I've, I've really struggled with this and felt terrible about it. My schedule's been all up in the air. So I, I was doing a little bit of work here and there because uh, at the moment I feel like I can't, can't really take time off. I'm not, I'm not used to that. No, I, I try to always um, at least not write uh, big articles. When I'm when I'm when there's a holiday, so when there's like Christmas or like my birthday, or when I'm of course on vacation in the summer, I, I think time off is needed to like to just to you know unplug and you, because you 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 come back with some better usually fresh ideas, and so yeah, I especially I think what I do is um. I respond to email. Uh, it's not that I don't work completely. Like I respond to some emails. I I read a lot. Like I caught up on my entire reading list. Wow. And yes, yes. So I saved some links for for the next few weeks. Yeah, I try to do like um, accessory tasks. If that makes any sense. Like I don't do real Mac stories writing. Uh, I I do a lot of reading and a lot of video games. Sure. Uh, yeah. Well, that's nice, though. I like. I, yeah, I, like I mean, that. um, I I guess the first two years I was all, you know, uh, like in two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten, I was all, yeah, I need to work, I need to work, I need to work, uh, and eventually that kind of the the like that behavior, um, like makes uh, things worse. 
I think part of part of my problem though is my work is on a schedule, and there's nothing I can mm-hmm. do about that. You know. Yeah, but you still. I mean, if if it's Christmas, it's still Christmas. You don't need to work. Yeah, but then I just need to move the schedule around, like because for me to make money, the episodes still have to go out. You know, and they and they can't be like, oh, this is just a a link post episode. You know, they have yeah. to be full. So yeah, I mean, not it's not a complaint. It's just a, this is a, a thing that I have that I have discovered. Yeah, you um, still need to to adjust. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I still need. I still need to adjust, and uh, I will because it's just the way things go. But I'm, I'm how, very happy. How How is Christmas in the UK? In general, do you guys like, you guys like put little queen heads on on the Christmas tree. No, but we do wear little paper crowns that come out of Christmas crackers. Oh yeah, yeah. Is, is, is this a joke or is it true? No, no. In our Christmas crackers, do you know what a Christmas cracker is? Uh it's like one of those. Uh, n- I think I saw it like in in children books. Yeah, it's like a paper thing that you it's like made of card and you pull it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh then outside and out of it comes like a a treat. Uh and one of the treats is like a a, a little paper hat and there's always a little paper hat and then there are always little crowns. So at this at Christmas dinner everybody's wearing wearing crowns. Oh nice. Yeah, we don't we don't have that kind of tradition here. Um huh. We don't have the Christmas crackers, but I mean they're they're very good and uh, I, I like them. Nice. So you you wore a little paper crown. <laughs> I did. I wore a little paper crown and and, and your Super Mario hat. Uh, and my Super Mario hat, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, actually, I spent most of my day in my Super Mario hat. Actually, M- most of which day? Christmas, Christmas day? day. Oh, nice. Basically, I wore I wore my big Super Mario hat all day. In front uh, of your your family. In front of my family, I, I was I was eating it at dinner. I actually put my paper hat on top of my Mario hat. Oh wow! That, yeah, I, I was I was really in on that. Uh, I I took a picture and I put it on Instagram, and I'm going to put it in the show notes so people can see it if they want to. So all your Christmas photos, there's you uh, with the Mario hat. Yeah, I, and the and the paper crown. I'm actually not, I'm not I'm not even just gonna. Put link to it in the show notes. I'm actually going to put the picture in the episode page because uh, uh, I like my hat. I've got it. I can see it. It's we all there. do. It's I can see the hat over there. Nice. So we've got loads to talk about today. Uh, I've got a ton to say about my Wii U. So should we should we dive in? Do you want yes. to, should we do some links? Yes. Um, I think there's some follow-up from listener Alexander first, first, Mike. Yeah, there is, there is. So uh, Alexander had a couple of points that they wanted to get across um, to us. So this was in reference to our 2014 uh, Game Picks of the Year. I-, I picked a Game of the Year, by the way. You did? Yeah, because for, for Upgrade, we did uh, some awards, our upgradees. Oh, yeah. And uh, one of them was a Game of the Year. And uh, I I picked Oli Oli out of my list, but yeah, we makes actually sense. you really loved the game. So. Yeah, I did really love it. But we ended up giving the upgrade to Mario Kart Eight. Yeah, that's because that was Jason's well that was Jason's game of the year, and obviously I've now played it uh, and can attest to how it could be a game of the year. So I was happy to to give the upgrade to to Mario Kart Eight. I don't know if Nintendo are going to accept the award. I've, I've yet to talk to Bill Trinan about it, but I will, and uh, I will force the award upon him. You should probably like um, 
make a video in Tomodachi Life um, showing you giving <laughs> giving Biltrin uh, an upgrade. That is not a bad idea. I'll see if I can get on that. But but anyway, yeah. Alexandre asked uh, that most of our games of 2014 were handheld device games. Um, did do what is like the why did we do this? What was our preference for this? And and they went on to ask, does it have to do with the fact that developers have yet to realize the full potential of the Xbox One or the PS4, or is it just a matter of time? Uh, I sitting down to play those console games takes a little bit longer. Um, I think. Probably speaking for both of us, well, for one, Federico doesn't have either a PS4 or an Xbox One. I do have both, so that's why a couple of my picks went in there. But I think this year, um, a lot of the games that have come out for those platforms have have, uh, have been a bit underwhelming in some instances, or they're, they're like half like a, half powerful, like what they could do, you know? Because I don't think developers have had the time to really focus on the next gen consoles because they've yeah. been developing like cross developing across the the legacy platforms as well. I think 2015 is going to produce, you know, No Man's Sky for example. There's going to be some incredible games that come this year uh, that will really kind of start to reinforce what the what these platforms can do. And I think that's probably why well, that would be one of the reasons why it came out that way. But the other reason being that. I think me and you played more handheld games this year than than we did anything else. So, yeah, and I think for me, uh, like, like I thought about this question, and I can see this also being true when it comes to my main computer being the iPad. Is why do I prefer mobile devices and platforms in general? And I think that the handheld uh, the consoles to play games are are a reflection of my, um, like I have a necessity to, to be, uh, to, to depend on a, on a portable machine, whether it's for work or whether it's for entertainment. Um, I think because I'm always like, I'm always spending time, not just in a single place. Like if I want to be able to work or to play, I think I, I want to know that I can do that no no matter where I am. Because I'm maybe I'm in Rome or maybe I'm back in Viterbo to see my parents. I drive a lot. I do a lot of like waiting in my car for for my girlfriend to like to uh, to finish her dance lessons or something. Like I'm not always in in my living room on my couch. Um, so I think that's the reason why I I I came to prefer something like the iPad uh, for Mac stories. And my PS Vita and my 3DS to to play because they can be always with me, you know. And even even if their their batteries uh, run out, I can always, you know, um, maybe if my 3DS is is off, I can use my PS Vita. And if both cannot be uh, turned down, I can just use my iPad and play some I don't know, like Monument Valley or something. Uh, I think that mobility and portability for me are. Uh, extremely important factors. That's not to say that I don't like, like, I cannot wait to get a PS4 this year, but it's just that I understand why I I prefer those. Yeah, I would be interested to see how, like, remote play could work for you. Yeah, over like over three G or four G. Yeah, like with the Vita and the and the PS4. Right? I, I don't think if that's possible over four G. Uh. Maybe I I don't know. You could probably spoof it. Yeah, because if, if it thinks it's connected to a hotspot, it doesn't matter, does it? 
No, I, I, because I thought that it was only local streaming. No, no. I think you can do it over. Yeah, yeah. Over. You can. Like, I know people and have seen people that have been in a hotel room playing their PS4. That's at home. Yeah. yeah, I could probably do that. So that would be interesting. I would like to see how that will work for you if you ever, ever, ever get a PS4. <laughs> yeah, I promise I, w- I will soon. Soon well, enough. You, you kind of, at a point, you're not going to have an option because there's going to be somebody. And we'll talk about them a little bit later, but. You're going to be missing out on some pretty incredible games this year if, yeah. you, if you don't get an next-gen console, I think. But we are going to talk about those in a bit because there was a good article that I think was on The Verge, I think, about some games coming out this year. It was yeah, and also roundup. Polygon. Also Polygon, there's a, like a roundup, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they're probably just republishing the same thing. Um, also, uh, Alexandra had a second question. Um about Pokemon games. So since there are so many Pokemon games, are there titles you would recommend playing and in what order for someone getting started with Pokemon? I thought this is a difficult question because they're so similar. But, you know, I, but I think I think really probably you should start with, I think X and Y. I think X and Y is a really good jumping on point because it's new Pokemon. I would say if you've never played before, play new Pokemon, you know, like the the new things that they brought up in those games. So it balances them out a bit, makes them a little bit easier. Um I don't know, I think I think it's a I think that's a good one to start. Do you do you do you think any different? Well, yeah, of course if you start with the new with the new games, you you can, you know, you can be you can know all the modern features and all the new Pokemon, you know. Uh I also wouldn't discount completely um, uh, the new Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Uh, I think they can be nice introductions. It's just the, the stories, man. The story, the story in Pokemon is always like convoluted and save the worldy, and and the, yeah, the you're Ruby not and really, Sapphire one is far too much. Yeah, but you're not really playing Pokemon for the story uh, anyway. But, yeah, but I think. I think you only get like that after the first time you've played it, because then you recognize that the story is the same every time. But I think if it's the first time you've played, you're going to pay more attention to it. So that's why I would recommend X and Y. I think it had a better story and it's original. Yeah, probably, yeah. Or if you want to go back, you know, get Fire Red or Leaf Green because they're the original stories uh, and go go with one of those. If If you want to play a classic game, go with one of those, I think. Yeah, if you want to, I think if you want to see like the evolution of Pokemon, just get... I wouldn't say the original Red and Blue for the first Game Boy, but at least get Fire Red or Leaf Green, which are mm-hmm. the remakes for the GBA. Mm-hmm. Play those, maybe a li- just a little bit, and then get Pokemon X and Y. Are they on the Virtual Console? Uh, I'm not sure. I I I, I really don't don't use the Virtual Console much. No, I'm nothing. waiting for waiting for Super Nintendo games to be available on 3DS Virtual Console. Okay. If Nintendo ever fixes the Virtual Console. Yeah, I was gonna say, do you gonna say it's gonna happen? Probably yeah, I know. There was a there was a like um somebody a few weeks ago noticed on the new 3DS Japanese website a brief mention of uh, Super Nintendo games coming to the new 3DS Virtual Console, which would make sense because the th- new 3DS has a better CPU than the normal 3DS. Uh, but I think that like the that piece of text got pulled or something. Uh, it was basically just a rumor. Yeah, it would be awesome, uh, but the virtual console has so many problems. It would be um, a selling point for the console. Yes, but I mean, Nintendo should really fix the entire well service. There's so many things like I want. 
uh, N64 and Wii games on the Wii U. Why why can I not get those? I want GameCube games. Yeah. Oh, yeah, GameCube. I completely forgot about the GameCube. Yeah. Like, yeah. like it just doesn't make sense. You have this... I mean, we've been through this so many times, but just the Nintendo games, the first-party games. Like, I want to play Super Mario Galaxy because yeah. I've never properly played the game. I played it a bit. I never owned it, but I played it. Somebody else had it, and I played some levels, and I want to play Galaxy and I because it's meant to be incredible, but now I can't play it. I mean, can, can I play it? Like, if I buy it, is it was it a Wii game? Uh, Galaxy, yes. You so can, could I can, still get it? And would it work on my Wii U? Yeah, of course. If you want to buy cheap, you can get like a player's choice version. What's that? Like a like a platinum uh, version of the game. You know, like the like the when they reissue a popular game and, it, and it's got like a different box. Oh, Nintendo selects. Select, yeah. Um, what was I gonna? What's better, one or two? One, I would say. I mean, two is like a great sequel. It's a fantastic game. But one, I think, is like it gives you the Super Mario Galaxy basic idea and feel. I love the game so much. So you think I should go for Super Mario Galaxy 1? Uh, my personal preference would be, yes, go for Galaxy 1. Even though Galaxy 2 has also music and it's bigger, better, I, I think for some people better. It's just the first one is... Yeah, I get the first one, Mike. You sure? Yeah. All right, it will be here tomorrow. You won't be disappointed. Okay. I'm going to trust you. I don't think you ever played a, pl- a platform game. Like, it's so different. Even, even because Nintendo, except for Galaxy 2, they never, like, properly followed up to the Galaxy series. It's just unique. Yeah, I love the game so much. Okay. I'm going for it. I'm I'm, I'm literally on Amazon right now and I'm priming it. And it should be so, here. it should be here. oh it's on Sunday. Okay. So you're you're buying games while you record podcasts. Well that's you know, that's our role. Oh, Pikachu Amiibo is down to ten pounds again. You wanna buy also Pikachu <laughs> Amiibo in the same Shh, shipment? Shush you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why what I don't know, you you want to go on an Amazon shopping session right now? Look, look, okay, sometimes things just happen and sometimes things are bought. I'm not going to buy Pikachu Amiibo, but I've been, I wanted one and it went up, the price went up, uh, and now it's back down to £10 again. It went up to like £20, but obviously now Pikachu Amiibo is a bit more available. But like the problem with Pikachu Amiibo is I can't really use him for anything. But we can talk about Amiibos as well in a bit. Oh, man, so much to talk about today. Let, let's do some links of interest okay. uh, and, and then move on from there. Okay. So I saved a couple of links for you, Mike. The first one is a great, great read from um, US Gamer mm-hmm. about living with backlog and when it comes to games. like <laughs> That's a real problem. It and is I a think- problem. It is a problem. And I think the article really, really strikes a point that, that, that is also true for me. Basically, the author says, I buy too many games, um, especially because of digital downloads and Steam, and especially because there's always like a sale or a discount or a promotion, and my my brain tells me that I need to buy this game because otherwise maybe in the future it'll be more expensive, so why not? And the result is that I have accumulated all these games in my library 
and I'm not catching up on all those games. I'm not playing those games. They're just there. Many of them, when I still buy them physically, are still wrapped in their original, you know, plastic covers. And and I have this insane collection of games, and I'm and they're just there. And sometimes I feel bad. Other times I'm coming up with strategies to to like play those games to make a point. For instance, uh, to not buy a sequel until I finish the original game. And but but the truth is is that there are just too many games right now, and I want to play them all, but it's not possible. So I feel bad, and and I think it's like I feel in the same way. And uh, yeah, and especially you know with the App Store, uh, not Steam for me because I'm not a not a huge Steam user, but with the App Store and the PSN especially and the eShop, um, like I buy stuff, and the icons are there on my Vita or 3DS, and and then I like like I feel bad, and then I delete the games because I know I'm not gonna play them anyway. Uh, it's a real problem, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree because then y- you then want to buy more, and then you feel bad because then you just end up with like a million games, and you're not playing any of them. Do you think you like? Do you feel the same way with Steam? Because of you? Oh yeah, I bought a bunch of Steam games and I've barely played any of them. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I can see why. Uh, I don't know, especially on like. Do you, do you do you find this problem on the Mac as well? Because I know you don't have a gaming PC. Yeah, the, the games that I bought on Steam. You remember when I was when I went through my Steam phase a few months ago and bought a bunch of games. Like, there's a bunch of games on there that I've not played, but I own them. And it's worse mm-hmm. with something like Steam because you you they they're not physical; they're just digital games. I do this with the App Store a lot. So every week I go on the App Store and I take a look uh, at what's the there. The App Store is so bad for me. Like, there's always a discount. And then I buy a couple of games and then I never play them. Yeah. You know? And I, I, I think I'm also, like, the cause of my own problem because I run Mac Stories deals. And so I always see these discounts. Yep. And I'm like, yep, I should buy this game. And then I don't play it. Like, right now, uh, on my iPad, there's, uh, like, the game... Um, that I that I that I bought a few months ago called uh, eight six eight hack, and then right, I yeah. bought I bought for some reason out there, and uh, I was about to buy faster than light uh, during the holidays. Oh, that's worth I didn't... playing, man. Yeah, but I know I, I'm just not gonna get around to to play the game. Just too many games. So I have that game that you were talking about framed. I've had it sitting here for weeks. Yeah, and a platformer called Bean Dreams, which I'm about to delete. I don't even know why I bought it in the first place because I don't like platformers on the on iOS. Yeah, I think this uh, this um, like this problem of backlog is also true in any kind of uh, internet media or content. All media, like it's true. For, it's true for articles. Mm-hmm. It's true for music. It's true for movies. For TV shows. So you either like make a point out of like I did over the, the the holidays. I went through my reading list and I, and I was like, I'm not saving new articles until I catch up on these. So you either make a real like commitment, but otherwise during the year when there's no holiday, there's no like for me, there's no day when I'm like, yeah, I don't need to work, I don't need to write, I just want to read. You know, that's just not gonna happen, especially when you have like deadlines or a schedule. So next Christmas, I will probably be in the same situation with a with an overflowing catalog of articles in my reading list, 
uh, in too many games. So maybe there's no real solution other than the, just being realistic and understanding that you're just going to waste money unless you really know that you want to play and finish a game. Because when you when you buy a game and you start it like you play six hours and then you abandon the game, I think I feel even worse. You know? Not just yeah. for the money, you know, but because of all the... Like, I went through the tutorial and I really wanted to play this game and maybe I told a couple of friends that I started playing this game and then and then I just completely abandoned it. I don't know. I, I have many feelings about backlogs. Yeah, it's tough. It is tough, but we will we'll keep we'll keep soldiering on. For yes, the, for the good let's of everyone. Ta- let's talk about YouTube, Mike. Okay. Um, so I struggled uh, to understand what the big deal about PewDiePie was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, this guy. Uh, yeah, his real we, name we is, spoke uh, about Philly. it, didn't we? Uh, yes, we, we couldn't understand it properly and felt that we maybe were getting too old. Yes. So the guy's real name is uh, 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 Felix uh, something. Um, so the real name is not PewDiePie. And, uh, <laughs> I assume that. I, I read this article on Kotaku, and it really helped me understand what is happening here. And so if, you, if you're still confused by this phenomenon of PewDiePie on YouTube, is uh, a, a YouTuber. He's a guy who, play, who plays video games in front of a camera and talks to the camera about these games. So the big deal about this is not necessarily the the gameplay itself, is the guy reacting to the game and also the fact that he discovers um, like weird and not popular games and basically he's become he's become a star. He's like the the, the YouTube user with the most uh, subscribers is bigger than like Justin Bieber or Lady Gaga and all those uh, music channels. There's a GIF of him in an airport and people are freaking out. Do you see that in the article? There's a yeah, yeah. and like people are just like going crazy. Yeah. And I know that I, I saw photos of him on like red carpets uh, for huh. like video game or movie premieres. Yeah, it's, yeah. It was crazy. And the article really does a good job at explaining exactly why this is happening because the the, the, the author um, comes from our uh, same perspective, like, I don't understand this. So uh, she set out to, like, to, to, to watch the videos, to, uh, like, talk in the, in the PewDiePie forums with people who subscribe to his channel. So it's, a, it's a really, it's, a, it's not, a, it's not a too long the article, but it, it really, it really helps. Hmm. And then I also read another another article, uh, this time on Vice, uh, by Lee Alexander. She's awesome, and she writes about desert golfing. <laughs> Mike, have you played this game? Yeah, I've been playing it a little bit more recently. It's um, hmm. I don't really know what to say about desert golfing, to be honest. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a. Um, on the service, it's a really, I don't want to say stupid game. It's a mindless game. Yeah, it, it is, yeah. It's you. It's basically like the basic mechanic of Angry Birds. You need to, 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 to use your finger to, 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 you know, to make a little ball fall into, to fall into a hole on the other side of the screen. And, but that's it. That's, there's no 
uh, story, there's no real progress, there's no game over, there's no end to the game. It just keeps happening. Mm -hmm. And you just accumulate points and it doesn't matter whether you 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 complete uh, a hole in just one shot or if you if you take like 20 shots basically the game doesn't care about about you in any way and there's no real there's no real end and there's no sense of progress other than just keep playing and the article really puts this in perspective and at first, I thought it was stupid, like to nominate this game for for any kind of award. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, I I keep playing the game on my iPhone for some reason. Yep. So I, I've been playing it a bit more recently as well. Uh, it's good. It is good, but it's strange. It's good and it's strange and it's kind of sad yeah. in a way. Like it's a <laughs> it's a metaphor of life. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it just doesn't care about you in any way, nah. and it just keeps happening whether you want to play or not. Uh, which, in a way, is sad, but also, you know, it's real. In a way, desert golfing is is real. Yep. Um, probably why many people are reading too much into this game. Um, but yeah, let uh, let's talk about let's talk about more video games, Mike. I know that you saved uh, because I'm looking at it in the in the show notes. Uh, which people can find where? They can go to relay.fm slash virtual slash 20. I know that you saved uh, a link to The Verge and I and I added a link to Polygon about the games uh, to, to watch out for uh, this year. Yeah, Polygon's article is a lot more in-depth than The Verge's article. It's got 100 games uh, and The Verge has 10. So I kind of found The Verge's article to be a little bit more accessible because... 100 games is a lot of games and i'm sure that that polygon has a lot more indie games and stuff but yeah looking at some of these games that we're going to be expecting in 2015 so a very quick overview i'll run through them because at least the ones that interest me that i saw in this in this verge article so we have no man's sky will be coming uh obviously final fantasy 25 uh batman no 15 20 what one is that xv is it 15 15, 15 not 25 uh, 25. Batman Arkham Knight, which looks amazing. Uh, Legend of Zelda. We, get, we should also yes. have Star Fox, apparently. I, I still don't believe that, Federico. Something's happening that's weird with that game that we don't know about yet. I'm telling you, it's not the way that we expect. Do you think there will be something strange about it? Yeah, I, I think that Star Fox is going to be a little sort of like a mini-ish game and it's going to come with that those other two that Miyamoto's working on. Like a like a just an eShop game. Well, like, no, more like Nintendo Land kind of idea. Mm, like a, probably a little like um, collection. Because if they're making a, a true Star Fox game in HD, why aren't they showing anything? I don't know. Like they're showing Zelda, and apparently Zelda will be out after Star Fox. I don't know, man. I think there's something weird going on that that I don't know and I don't understand yet. But anyway. Um, Bloodborne, I don't really know a lot about it, but, you know, it looks amazing. I mean, there's just some of the big games that are coming in 2015 that I'm really ex- I'm excited about. I'm quite excited about. Yeah, I I scrolled through the uh, the Polygon article. I watched a video uh, by PlayStation on YouTube, and I'm definitely excited about No Man's Sky. 
um, and on Nintendo platforms about uh, the Majora's Mask re- remake for the 3DS. Yep. Uh, because I finally want to play this game. And, of course, the new Zelda. So I'm also kind of looking forward to Codename Steam on the 3DS. Yeah. It's uh, the new game from Intelligent Systems. It's kind of weird and, like, like the kind of new game that I want to check out. Uh, but, yeah, I also, uh, like, my my Star Fox experience uh, stopped at Star Fox, Star Fox Adventures. So, Mike, you didn't get a GameCube, right? No, I had a GameCube. I had a GameCube, but I didn't play Star Fox on the GameCube. So I don't know if you remember, like, the big deal around Star Fox Adventures. Uh, Basically, uh, I think Rare was uh, in charge of the game, and there was a lot of excitement and hype around Star Fox Adventures being a crossover of uh, Star Fox and Zelda uh, because it was going to be an adventure game. So, like, people were really excited about Star Fox Adventures, and I bought the game, and I was super, super excited as well. But it was kind of boring after a while. I mean, I remember it looked fantastic on the GameCube. It's just that it was no Zelda game, and I think I stopped playing the game out of, like, boredom, because it was just repetitive, and it Mm. just asked you to, to do the same things over and over. I remember the water... It, it looked really nice in the game. Like the colors and the water and the grass. Uh, it was a really nice effect. That's like... And, and, and um, like the, the effects on the fur of a, on the, of a fox. And like the tail. I think it, I remember it was really realistic for the time. Um, but yeah, it was kind of kind of boring. Um, so a big year. I'm excited about it. Big year. And then there's also one article. I just think that people should read this. I, it's called Growing Up 64. Oh, yeah. And it's an article that Federico sent me that, that I read uh, last week. And it's just this beautifully written piece uh, by Tim Rogers uh, of Kotaku uh, about his experience with the Nintendo 64. It's just a, just a really nice article that I think people should read. That's why I'm putting it in the, the show notes. I don't really want to say too much about it because it might spoil it, but... It's well, well worth a read. It's written in such an interesting way, and, and I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, that that was one of the articles that I, that have been in my reading list for like months. Finally, I had the time to to read it, and I'm really glad that I did because it's really beautiful read. Every now and then, Federico forces me to read something, and when he he knows that I don't like to do read long form stuff, so I always trust when he sends me these sorts <laughs> of things because he knows he knows. Yeah. Right then, buddy. Shall uh, shall we talk about Squarespace and then yes. I want to I see how you're getting on with Minecraft. Okay. This episode of Virtual is brought to you by our friends over at Squarespace. They are the all-in-one platform that make it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and enter the offer code insert coin at checkout. Squarespace, start here, go anywhere. If you're looking to build a project on the internet, no matter what kind of site it will be, maybe you want to start a blog, maybe you want to start a podcast, maybe you have some stuff that you want to sell, 
Squarespace should be the first place that you go. It's been the first place that I go for this type of stuff for years because it just gives me the ability to just go in, pick from one of their beautiful templates. They have 15 new fantastic looking templates for Squarespace 7, which is their new update to the platform. They've totally rethought a lot about the way that they do things. Squarespace have an incredible amount of experience. They power millions of websites. I think they're over 10 years old now. These guys know what they're doing. And when it comes to, to putting something online, it's just an easy place for me to go. I can build things the way that I want. They have great drag and drop tools that allow me to see how my site's going to look as I'm building it so I'm not going to be making any dumb mistakes. They have this great new feature called the cover page as well which I really like. It's a way to kind of to to take all of the power of Squarespace and condense it into one page that you can put on your site. You can have your entire Squarespace site be a cover page so it allows you to, to I don't know, make a really cool personal website. You know, you've got your picture there, your name, your contact info. Or you can have it as a part of your current site. So let's say you have a big announcement that you want to share with the world where you can set up a cover page so when people come to your site they're going to get that page before they see anything else as you you know think about new year's resolutions that sort of stuff maybe you want to kick off the cobwebs of your site give it a fresh coat of paint a cover page is a really interesting way to do that it gives you a way to play around with with some new styles of squarespace all of their stuff is awesome and they make sure that it's all really well taken care of and they do this with their great support teams. They have 24-7 support Squarespace. They have live chat and email they can help you with. And they have teams located in New York, Dublin, and Ireland who are there to help you. They have great integration with Getty Images now. They give you a fantastic deal on stock photography at $10 an image. Don't forget Squarespace Commerce. This allows anyone to add a store to their Squarespace site. The Relay FM store is hosted on Squarespace. It's the only place that we would do it. It's just the easiest way to get this stuff done. And that comes from the advice of people that I know that do this kind of stuff for a living selling things online that you love to use the squarespace platform you can sign up for a free trial right now there's no credit card required to do this and start building a website today by going to squarespace.com when you decide to sign up make sure that you use the offer code insert coin that's all one word i-n-s-e-r-t-c-o-i-n this will get you 10 percent off your first purchase and show your support for virtual thank you so much to squarespace for the continued support of relay fm squarespace start here go anywhere Federico, Mike, did you kill any more spiders this week? Yes. Tell me about I've... what you've been doing. So basically, I spent. Um, <laughs> I realized that I enjoy uh, building my house. Um, basically, I spent hours uh, just uh, collecting materials and upgrading my original um, shelter. To a real house with a with a basement and a top floor. Oh, nice! You've been doing some home renovations. Yeah, no, that's really basically all I've been doing: just collecting uh, materials, uh, killing spiders because I'm uh, I I now carry uh, a rock sword and other instruments, so I can kill spiders easily. And even if they're not attacking me, I enjoy killing them all uh, because of the original scene they committed against me. So you're happy uh, now you have some weaponry? I'm really, I'm really happy about it. And I also made the mistake of eating a spider's eye. Okay, uh, that's an interesting choice to make, buddy. I thought that it was like some sort of um, like uh, protein-filled meal for some reason mm-hmm. i was all happy about the fact that i killed the spider and that i had like a, like a, some sort of reward 
for for the dead spider. So I wanted to eat uh, the eye okay. as some sort of a revenge. It's like a, and, like a prize there, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And then the eye nearly killed me right. because it left it left me with just like a single heart. I am my... I'm slightly concerned uh, about the way that you're dealing with these spiders. You know, you want to kill them all, and then you yes. kill them, and then you eat their remains. That's yes. you get a bit extreme there, buddy. You know they <laughs> I think it really, it really. I think I was really upset by the fact that uh-huh. my first day, I was all happy. Yeah. And like when I when I stepped out of my first uh, shelter, uh, the spider attacked me. I remember. Like it wasn't necessary, and I, and I, and I felt betrayed, you know, by the by the universe of these creatures. Right. In Minecraft, so now every time I see a spider, I kill the spider. Okay. And I learned my lesson. I don't have to eat. Uh, the remains anymore because nope. they're they're poisonous. Yes, and so yeah, I'm just killing spiders. I didn't I know them. that because I've never done, tried to do that. Yeah, I was curious, and um, basically all I'm doing now is um, I transformed my. So I didn't have much time to play after Christmas, um, but before Christmas and during during uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Um, I upgraded my my basically it was a hole in the ground to originally it was like a hut um and then I started digging at night um because I wanted to see what was underground and then I kept digging and uh basically I created this basement uh because I also found um like I think it's uh, coal like the rocks yeah. with the with the black spots so I found coal, so I could uh, I made some torches. So I I like I put the torches on the walls. So now it's all nicely lit, and I can just walk around my basement. I'm trying to give it some sort of shape, you know, so it makes sense. So it's not like like a random series of like uh, corridors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm trying to give it some some sense of place. I put my my uh, a couple of uh, crafting tables. Uh, one in the top floor, the other in the basement. Now I want to make stairs and I want to make windows so I can look outside. And and I think I uh, then I will, once I am happy with, with you know once I have a bed because I know that I gotta kill some sheep and and collect uh, wool from the from the sheep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can make a bed. Yep. Then once I once I have a bed and stairs and windows, I will continue to to explore and collect better materials. I'm very excited about all of this. Yeah, I'm I'm you're, happy you're because on board. I'm happy because uh, you can see this little like this little house on the on the hill, uh, but basically the the basement goes up goes way down into the into the entire hill. Yeah, see that's that's you, see you, you, you this is it. This is how you play. This is how I play. I build my house and then I start mining into yeah. the basement. So then I end up with this house which has caves in it. Yeah. That's the way to play, man. We we still need to play together. I need to work out if we can do that. I tried I've tried and we we need to work it out. We need to work out if we can play like with you on the Vita and me on the, the PlayStation 4 or something. Yeah, um, we need we need to work that out. But I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy that you're that you're continuing. Are you enjoying oh, yeah. it? Yeah, very much. Yeah, good, good. See, I told you. Like once you once you work out the way to play, you can you can lock into that stuff, man. Yeah, and I think I will I will switch the the difficulty from normal to either easy or peaceful because 
I mean, I just don't want to to live with the anxiety of you know monsters killing me yeah. and these spiders. I think basically, word uh, is on the streets. Then the, the, the spiders need to to come after me. Well, you're know, eating them. You know. Do you think the monsters can communicate like as a community? Who knows? Uh, probably. Well, if you're going to yeah. start, you know, committing war crimes. They're probably gonna. I just think they're gross. You know, they have all those legs and those eyes, and mm-hmm. they're like the, it's just ugly. No, I agree. I agree. But uh, I also had never eaten them. I I thought it was like <laughs> it's like a badge of honor. No, you know, like <laughs> what, what, like, like in, they're in some cultures, like these sort of dangerous animals. People eat them because there's like, a, like they're they are filled with proteins or like. I don't know, like in like there's certain countries they eat like snakes. I don't eat snakes, but there are some people who eat snakes and like them. So I thought that maybe in Minecraft it was the same thing about uh, spiders. Uh, it turns out it turns out that uh, it's really dangerous to to eat a spider. Also, I, if you kill a zombie, don't eat mm-hmm. the zombie meat. Yeah, I know that. I'm just saying. Just, just um, because I don't know if you get attacked by like twenty zombies and then you kill them all, you might want to celebrate again. No, no, no. Okay, because that is I, cursed I, flesh. Yeah, I won't. I won't have a, a zombie dinner. Okay, don't worry. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Should we talk about the Wii U? Yes. Tell me about your right. new Nintendo console. So, um, I have a I have the Wii U Premium and I have a bunch of games. Um, I have Mario Kart, I have Nintendo Land, I have New Super Mario Brothers, I have Super Smash. So you, it's not that you have a bunch of games. You bought a Wii U and every game, basically. Uh, yeah, and I have uh, Super Mario 3D World. And I don't know how this really has happened, but I've had um, Captain Toad for like a week. Because it only came out in Europe today. Uh, it was a present from my brother. He walked into a, to a store, like an entertainment store, and they had it on the shelves, and he bought it for me. I was very surprised when I opened it on Christmas Day because I wanted the game. I told him I wanted it, but I thought that I would have to wait until today to get it. But he somehow managed to find it. Maybe I should try and ask him to buy me the new Zelda game and see see what he comes up with. It's awesome. Magical skills. So, uh, so I got all of those. I have, um, obviously, I have the gamepad. I have two Wiimotes. I have a Mario and Luigi Wiimote, and I have a Pro Controller. Um, the initial setup was was okay. Uh, at my grandparents' house, this is really weird, but this is true, there is no internet. She does not have internet. Oh. Uh, How did you set up the console? So it just, I set it up. I uh, It didn't need an internet connection to set up. Um, and it received updates via the games. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. so that, that was actually worked out better because it was quicker to update it that way. Yeah. Um, for some reason, initially, I had a real hard time trying to get the console to see all the controllers. It took me about 25 minutes to try and get the, the Wii U to see the Pro Controller. Hmm, so weird. I've not had strange. any problems since then, but it was really frustrating. Like the first, uh, the first uh, setup. Yeah. Strange. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was annoying, but uh, but but I ended up getting it worked out. So obviously, the biggest thing about the Wii U is the gamepad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was very, I'm very interested by it because it's big, but it doesn't feel uncomfortable. Uh, the battery life isn't very good. 
I would have yeah. liked a lot, lot more. I, you know, it requires a lot of charging. It comes with a pretty nifty charging um, cradle. Yeah, I'm very impressed by the cradle actually. So, um, you obviously you sit the Wii U into this cradle, but the cradle has wheels on it. Yeah, which I really like. So based inside of it, so it's, it sits flat on the desk, but it has some wheels in it. So because there's there's a the Wii U has to be flush with the connection. It's got like a touch connection for charging. It doesn't clip in. So the wheels allow you to make sure that you get it in the right place. It sort of slides into the the, the charging cradle and then locks into place. Very clever. It's really really smart design. Um, but the annoying thing is, so I have it in this cradle. But I whenever like I'm playing it for like a couple of hours or whatever, then I have to unplug the cable from the cradle and plug it into the the gamepad because mm-hmm. it needs to be charged or whatever. Because I don't have the I don't have it charging constantly, you know. Yeah. Maybe I should maybe I should just do that. Um, but okay, so the Wii U this, the gamepad is maybe one of the best things to ever happen to video gaming in the whole history of video gaming. Oh, wow. I love it. I love it so much because it's so clever. I mean, okay, so you know, I've had people ask me and we, we had some feedback. Uh, listener Michael uh, wrote in and asked if we kind of find ourselves like looking down at the gamepad a lot because most games, most pretty much every game I have except Nintendo Land, uses the gamepad to mirror what's happening on the TV. Yeah. Um. So... What Michael asked us is if we sometimes found ourselves looking at the gamepad instead of looking at the TV. I haven't really found that. Do you do you do that? So say you're playing Mario Kart, do you accidentally find yourself looking down at the gamepad instead of the TV? No. If if I can look at the TV, I usually just look at the TV, I yeah. think. So there are some games which take advantage of it in some other way, and I like it when that happens, when you can choose. But basically, over Christmas... People are watching TV, and I'm able to continue playing the games. Yeah, like that is uh, amazing. Yes, it's amazing, and it's so it's so obviously Nintendo that would do this because it's a family console, right? Yeah, family console goes in the family room, which means that that TV is probably used for lots of things. But you yeah. can continue to play the Wii U, like so. People can. Pl- I have tried this out, and I can play the Wii U from other rooms of my house. Yeah, right just freaking amazing i love it i love it so much did you see that you can control the tv input from the gamepad i have seen that but my tv that i actually have my wii u connected to i don't ever watch tv on it it hasn't even got an aerial in it yeah that's amazing because it it really works for me uh because i can just instead of using the tv remote i can just use the gamepad to turn my tv on uh switch the channels from uh digital tv uh, which is what we use here, uh, from DTV to HDMI. And if I want to play on the TV and if my girlfriend w- wants to watch the, some television, I can using the gamepad, I can just use the, the input uh, function to, uh, to put the TV into uh, digital TV mode and I keep playing on the gamepad, which is awesome. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. yeah. So one of the sort of long-term... Uh, themes that I've been talking about on this show and on directional as well um, is multiplayer, local multiplayer and how it seems that a lot of companies are moving away from that with the exception of Captain Toad which you can sort of have an interesting multiplayer experience with 
um, every single game that I have is, has local multiplayer. And yeah. I have enjoyed so much playing these games locally. Like, I've been playing with my family. I've been playing with my girlfriend. So, basically, from New Year's Eve to New Year's Day, like, the whole, like, 24 hours or whatever, we've just been playing Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Like, Mario Kart is so good multiplayer because I'm pretty good at Mario Kart. Like, it's a game that I'm actually pretty good at. Uh, most people that I play, I'm able to beat. And maybe just everyone I play sucks. But because of that, I tend to win the races quite easily on most difficulty levels when I'm playing against the computer. But when you play against someone, it adds a new level of excitement because people tend to be better than the computer, you know, so you can put up a bit of a challenge. Like last night, my my girlfriend, uh, the last game that we played yesterday was the first time she beat me in a Grand Prix. Like she won the whole Grand Prix. Uh, which was great because she only started playing the game like 48 hours earlier. <laughs> you know? Yeah, what's, so, what's problematic about playing Mario Kart against people is that people have feelings. Yeah. <laughs> and sh- they tend to they tend to uh, to prioritize revenge over necessarily winning. Because yeah, I don't uh, go easy. Yeah. <laughs> like I wanted her to win. I really, really wanted her to beat me, but I don't let her win. You know, like I'm, I, uh, she's like approaching the finishing line and I, and I destroy over red shell and take the, take the position you know like we had we had times like that it was like like there was one if she won this race she would have won her first grand prix it was just like a couple of hours earlier and we're like we're approaching the final bend and i take her out like with a green shell it's like this Mm. is i'm not you know you're gonna win this and you're gonna win it properly i'm not gonna give it to you you know yeah uh but like just and then playing uh like so playing super mario 3d world and like playing with my brother and we're playing together but i'm still kind of playing against him which i really enjoy you know, like you hit the item block and I take both items, right? <laughs> he's like, he's like the what? What do you call the Mario before the mush? Before he's got a mushroom? Um, just I think it's Mario and Super Mario. There you go. So, he's, so he hasn't even got a mushroom. Right? So he's not Super Mario. He's regular Mario. And I hit a block and a mushroom comes out of it, and like the bell for the cat suit comes out of it, and I take both of them. Because <laughs> it's just like this. There's just an element of fun that you can have with it. Nintendo Land's really interesting as well. It's just a bunch of mini games, but it uses the the gamepad in a great way. There's a Ninja Throne Stars level where you hold the. Have you played Nintendo Land? No, I don't have Nintendo Land. Worth buying. Yeah, for, for multiplayer. Oh yeah, mm. definitely. So there's some that you play two people at once, but some of them you're just passing the gamepad around and everyone gets a turn. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a great party game. Because you can also say like I want to, I've got four people and I want to play for twenty five minutes, and it will give you enough games for twenty five minutes. So it's really smart. But like, so Nintendo Land uses the gamepad in the in the most ways, like how uh, Wii Sports used the Wii remotes in the in most interesting ways. But like, see, so in this Ninja Throne Stars one, you turn the gamepad uh, into portrait mode, so you're holding it like that, and you aim it at the TV, and you fling your finger on the screen, and it throws a Ninja Throne Star. Oh, yeah, I saw that one. There's a Zelda level as well, which makes me so excited for Zelda. It was basically just archery. This is an archery level, and you're, like, with the the gamepad aimed at the TV, and you're, like, pulling back the bow and shooting it and, like, moving the gamepad around in real space to aim at people. And just that one little minigame, I'm super excited for Zelda. How's the... I know that people are really, like... Uh, the Metroid oh, game. Yeah, man, that is that is hard. Like that is not easy. 
to play uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, like they say, they even say in the, like, because they have a little like explanation, like this is how you play the game. I said, this is for advanced players. Like that's, that, they actually explain mm. it that way. Yeah. Um, because you, you, it's like a first person shooter, but one of them, like you're in a craft. So just, you can either play on the ground or if you've got the game pad, you play in this like spaceship. Uh, mm. And there's so many controls. You have to use the left stick to move and strafe. The right stick moves you up and down in 3D space, right? So raises or lowers it. You have to use the gamepad to like to aim at things, and then you have a like the buttons to shoot. Like it's it's complicated, but it's good. Yeah. Really fun, actually. Nice. I loved it. Like there's just some great games. Like there's a Donkey Kong like. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a, you play in this like puzzle game and you have to move this little car around through a little obstacle course. Nintendo Land's a lot of fun. Captain Toad. So I mentioned Captain Toad, right, about it being... It's a single player, but it's, yeah. you could definitely play it with people. It's one of those games where you have to join... You're hunting for things, right? You've played the, the Toad levels in 3D world, yep. haven't you? Yeah, love them. So yeah. it's just those but it's beautifully crafted, fantastic-looking levels. But you can kind of have people trying to help you find the stars because sometimes I always miss them. Like, I played a few levels, and, like, I have to go back and, like, really search. But I think if you had somebody else in the room, we'd be like, oh, look, I saw it, it's there. You know, I mm-hmm. think it would be fun yeah. to play that way. But I'm so happy with this console. I'm so happy. Like, it's just fantastic. The games that I've got are exactly the games that I kind of was looking for, you know, like these fun multiplayer games to play. Like, uh, and and so me and my girlfriend finally have games we can play together that she's that she can really grasp and play and, and, and can actually feel like she's competing with me. Because stuff like Spelunky and things like that, they're more advanced yeah, and and this isn't to say anything about her. She just doesn't play as many games as me. So her like, I kind of have these muscle memory triggers for how games are played, right? And on all games are really based on a, on an evolving level of controls. You know, like you know, first person shooters kind of all play the same, right? And platformers kind of all play the same. And all Nintendo games kind of have played the same forever. They just evolve over time. So yeah. if you've been playing video games for an extended period of time, the controls are just baked into you, irrespective of what they are. And if you don't have that, it can be difficult to play against someone, but Nintendo finds a way to balance it out. I'm I'm so happy with it. I, I love it, Federico. I'm really, really pleased that I got it. That's great to hear. I have a couple of questions for you. Okay. First, the, the first one is technical. I wanted to know whether you're seeing some... Uh, like, what do you think of the of the quality of uh, streaming... Of video on the gamepad, I haven't seen any uh, real problems. I've noticed a couple of drop frames, but very rarely. The quality of the stream, like the quality of the video, is is good. I think it's held back by the quality of the screen. Yeah, uh, but I've played games because it's kind of kind of uh, washed out. It's, bit, yeah, it's, and it's just not as sharp, right, as a HDTV. Yeah. I mean, the, the kind of the problem, I guess, is is if this was a the Wii, if the Wii did this, you would be able to compare it a lot better. But like this is the first time I'm seeing Mario in HD. Yeah, so that it looks amazing. He looks fantastic and then it looks it looks kind of okay on the on the on the on the gamepad. Like well enough to play, I think, but you kind of you miss something because the screen isn't as high resolution. I hope yeah. that for for like the Wii U2, which I'm sure is coming. They, uh, they 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 increase the resolution on the gamepad. There's been rumors of a new gamepad, which I expect yeah. them to do. 
Um, and probably the good thing about that, I expect, is that the co- the console hardware remain the same. You just buy a new gamepad. Yeah, and I think when they will uh, release a new version of the gamepad, they will uh, give it better battery life, uh, a new screen, uh, probably make it a bit lighter with a bigger display, and finally enable support for multiple gamepads on the same Wii U. The, all of that would be amazing. I think yeah. I, I would I would definitely buy an improved gamepad, better battery life, better screen is all I want. Like if they made it lighter and smaller, that'd be great. But I kind of would just prefer those two things. And if it meant that the physical size of it stayed the same, I'd be happy. You know, I, I don't want them to make it smaller if it means I don't get more battery life. Yeah, because, because I, it's I, not I, a problem the size that it is for me. Yeah, I really think the gamepad is a great idea, great concept. The technical realization could still be a bit better. Well, it's impossible uh, to market this pro- this product. I, yeah, I, it's... I don't know how you could do it because you it's the same as like the 3D and the 3DS. If you like it, you're only going to like it once you've experienced it. Yeah, and it's like a series of uh, little things that it's not like a big idea like the Wii Remote. It's like a, a series of little conveniences. And once you experience them all together, it kind of all makes sense. And you wish that every home console had a gamepad. But it's just if you had to provide a single unified message for the gamepad, it'd be tricky because it's like a, it's a control pad with a screen. And it, yeah, it's like um, it's, a, it's a series of little features, you know, and uh once you once you use it, I think it really makes sense because every single person that I follow on the internet came to the same conclusion after getting a Wii U. Like the ga- the gamepad makes total sense, and maybe I don't know. We talked about Nintendo's uh, marketing problems before. Maybe they need better people in the marketing department. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, the gamepad is kind of genius when you when you use it. And the, my second question, Mike. Yep. Have you tried anything from the Wii U eShop? Uh, I have. I've bought Shovel Knight again because. Okay. Like, of course. And I, and I want to play it a bit more. And I bought the DLC for Mario Kart. Oh, yeah. I still got to buy that. Man, I love playing. I just play it Zelda. Uh, not uh-huh. Zelda. Link, sorry. Whoops. Sorry. I yeah. did it again. Uh, okay. Yeah, I play as Link. Link has a like a badass motorcycle. Yeah. Which I play. Um, the. The Mercedes stuff is so weird. Uh, but the Link... Oh, God. The Zelda course. Okay. The Legend of Zelda course is amazing. The music is all Zelda music. All of the sound effects are different. And they turn the coins into the little gems. What are they called? Oh, yeah, in the, in the rupees. Yeah, the rupees. So they're, they're, not, they're not coins that you're collecting. Nice. It's a really, yeah, I... really great course as well. But those those add-on courses are good. You should get that. I'm getting the DLC as soon as I go back to my place. It's worth it. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool. So do you think that um, do you think that you will keep uh, playing the Wii U after this uh, uh, initial wave of excitement is over? I think so. The, the multiplayer games will always be there, right? So when I, when somebody when somebody's here and we want to play games, like I'm always going to go to those first. Um, and then it's going to be a case of like how I use my Xbox and my PS4, I wait for the new games to come out on those consoles that I'm interested in. Like the Xbox is probably going to end up being the the console not used. 
Probably, yeah. Because the games that come out on the Wii don't come out anywhere else, right? Uh, the games that I'm most excited about this year are PlayStation exclusives. And everything else is cross-platform, and I'm going to buy it for the PlayStation because I prefer games on the PlayStation. Yeah. So the Xbox, there has to be some really good exclusive Xbox titles for me to buy anything for on for that console this year. And, like, and uh, also, like, in my head, I can't think of any. Like Sons of Overdrive last year. Yeah, I mean, that was a game that, that I, I very much enjoyed, which I need to put more time into. Um, but that was an Xbox exclusive, right? I mean, I'm not interested enough in Halo, really. Yeah. it's not. I've the, never been a big Halo person, so that's not big enough for me. I have no doubt there will be some Xbox exclusive games this year. But say, right off the top of my head, I can't think of any. And but I know what's coming for PlayStation. Do you think you will uh, you will use the Wii U to catch up on on some Nintendo history for Wii games? Well, I've just bought Super Mario Galaxy, so yeah. So So after that one, you absolutely need to play Metroid Prime. Okay, like you need it. I told you many times that my 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 strongest video game memories are from the original Metroid Prime on the GameCube. And you you first play some Mario Galaxy and then try to find Metroid Prime. So it's, which it's... one is that though because there's multiple Metroid Primes. Okay, so if you can find on the on the Wii there's a you have two options. This, the first one is you just play Metroid Prime 3. Which is called, I think, corruption. corruption. Yeah. Yes. Or, much better, you find Metroid Prime Trilogy. It's a hundred three pounds on Amazon. Yeah, that's the problem. Uh, Trilogy is basically really uh, hard to find because it, it was a, a collection of the two, uh, the, the original two Metroid Primes for the GameCube, uh, the first one and Echoes, and basically it was reissued on the Wii. With, alongside the third game with motion controls for the Wii Remote. Uh, but basically, Nintendo didn't print many copies of Trilogy, so it's extremely hard to find. If you have some luck, you can look on eBay or you can go to your local GameStop and hope that somebody uh, turned in the game as a used copy. Somebody, stupidly uh, enough, got yes. a couple of pounds for it. Yes. That I've, been, I've been going to GameStops all over Italy. I went so to game- expensive on eBay, man. I even went to GameStop in Sardinia when I was on vacation last summer, and I asked for Metroid Prime Trilogy, and I, I just cannot find the game in Italy. I think you can find it relatively cheap in the US. At least that's what uh, some listeners told me a few months ago. And but yeah, if you can find it, play Prime Trilogy uh, because you need to play the first game. But if I can't. Yeah, just get corruption. Because corruption, I can get for like six pounds. Yeah, used. You will lose like the story and like All the. Right. F- try to find trilogy in some okay. way. I'll go to some stores and try and find it. But I'll, yeah. I'll play. I'll because play Galaxy first. The first Prime is amazing. Like, I I want to. I want. To, sometimes I I look at my GameCube and I'm like, yeah, I want to play Prime again. Ah, oh, so good. There's a, there's a, you know, we friends of the show and previous uh, sponsor, uh, Braywave, in their original collection of uh, uh, songs called uh, I think Lost World was the name of the EP album, right, Mike? 
Lost World. Uh, there's a, um, I think, track number three or four, which is based on the music of uh, Fendrana, which is uh, the snow level in the first Metroid Prime. So I, I love this song so much. Yeah, you can you can tell I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of Metroid. Do you mean World One Two? World One Two, yes, thank you. Not Lost World. I don't know what what is a Lost World. World One Two, which I also own personally in the limited edition physical copy. Well, look at you. Yeah, uh, I love Brave Wave. Fancy. They're such such an awesome group of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, so I think that's about about it for this week's show. Unless you have anything else you wanted to ask me, I will think of more questions for next time because I only thought of the eShop and streaming questions uh, because I also want you to play more games. I'm gonna play so, more. So, yeah, I need to play more more Mario, and, and I wanna I wanna finish. Well, you know, I wanna complete Mario Kart. I think Mario Kart needs a story. What kind of story? I don't know. Like, you know, like like Need for Speed or whatever, you get a little story, like a reason mm. that you're mm-hmm. racing. There is yeah. no reason <laughs> in Mario Kart. Like, everyone's yeah, just, just racing. Yeah, what's it's like Mario Party. Or what's I the think, reason? I, don't know, I, mean, I think it would just benefit from something. Like, there's nothing. There's not even, like, an opening cutscene. Everyone's just in... You know, everyone's just Star racing. Street. Yeah. I think it'd be nice to have something that that is a reason to do it. You know, like, maybe, like, you know, you play... There's, like, a campaign mode in your Mario and and you have to to beat Bowser in a series of races for Peach. It's, like, simple, Mm. you know, like, simple, Mm -hmm. standard reason to play Mario games, right? But just give me something. I don't know. I don't know. We will will send a petition to Nintendo. Give me some more story, Nintendo. Okay. All right. Thanks so much for listening to this week's show. Thank you to Squarespace for sponsoring. If you want to find the show notes, go to relay.fm slash virtual slash 20. We are at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E, and at Vitici on Twitter, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. You can find more shows from the great Relay FM at relay.fm, including uh, another show that me and Federico do with Stephen Hackett, which is called Connected, which you should definitely be listening to. Uh, And you can find Federico's work at macstories.net. We'll be back next time. Until then, bye-bye. Arrivederci.